Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Race Tech Suspension FXR Racing Privateer Island Life Podcast. This is number 84 with Blake Wharton. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks to FXR Racing for uh, making this show happen. PulpMX30 is the code to save at FXRRacing.com. They uh, continually push the limits designed by racers for racers. You'll see their gear out there with many of the top guys and top privateers as well. They've uh, supported them for a long time, and they will continue to do that because that's what FXR does, everybody. Henry Miller, uh, FXR Racing, Josh Osby, FXR Racing, and many more guys. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to those guys. Filthy Phil also. FXR Racing. There's no other better reason to buy FXR than Filthy Phil uses it. So, uh, Pulp Max 30 is the code to save. And thanks to those guys. Also, Race Tech, they make this show happen, of course, uh, as well. Pulp 19 is the code to save. Chris Blows, Privateer, absolutely killing it with Race Tech motors and suspension out there, as well as many other guys. Ben LeMay was using Race Tech and putting in the 450 main event every every weekend uh, until he got the Smart Top ride. So, Maybe if you use Race Tech, you'll end up getting a factory ride like Ben LeMay. I'm just saying. Uh, so get your motor work done, get your suspension work done, and uh, and more from the folks at Race Tech. Thanks to FXR and Race Tech for making this Privateer Island Life show happen. Also, uh, Max's Tires, MXST. Speaking of Privateers, AJ Cantonzaro running MXST tires out there in Supercross. Please check them out at Maxis.com. Mountain bike tires are also spot on. I just put some minions on uh, on my bike and uh, absolutely love it. So. Thanks to Maxis. Uh, Skosh, of course, is on board. Uh, they give out a little gift bag to every privateer that comes on the show. So thanks to the guys at Skosh for doing that. Pulp25 at checkout, S-C-O-S-C-H-E.com. Skosh. Uh, the products are designed by a passion uh, for cool vehicles, amazing sounds, and great outdoors, travel, motorsports, horsepower, and voltage. Been around since 1980. And finally, the folks at Namira, they have an industry-leading top-end repair kits. They offer everything you need to rebuild your top-end at a price that will keep you riding every weekend, no matter the budget, from the professional race shops to privateer garages. Namira has you and your wallet covered. They offer a full line of cast and forged pistons for every MX application you can think of. Namira.com, N-A-M-U-R-A.com. And uh, so thanks to those guys for for uh, coming on board this show, too. Uh, really appreciate it. So lots to talk about when it comes to Blake Wharton. Of course, he's a sometime co-host of the Public Mech Show for a long time. So um, for or I should say for a few times. So let's get into uh, Blake, his injury, his comeback, how it's going, what's next for him, and more. Coming up here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. All right. Now, as promised, on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, a uh, good buddy of mine. I was happy to see him come back racing. Unfortunately, it ended early. Blake Wharton. What's up, Wharton? How are you, man? How's it going, everyone? I'm doing well. Just uh, healing up from this uh, ACL injury and, uh, yeah, looking forward to some more uh, physical therapy here soon. Ah, oh, bummer. It had to, had to happen. Uh, it was a pretty good crash. What do you, what do you remember? For, for, what, do you, uh, what were you thinking about the crash? What happened? Yeah, what do I take away from the incident? Well, it was a pretty brutal set of whoops in mm-hmm. Atlanta. All of them have been pretty pretty nasty this year, but I uh, didn't get my shift to fourth coming out of the corner, and another rider was sort of sort of um, in the in the main line, you could say. So I kind of made some adjustments, and you know, on certain sets of whoops, you got to really make sure everything's precise when you're exiting the corner. And unfortunately, on this one, it just wasn't it just just wasn't totally right. So. Got in there about halfway and lost some rear wheel traction, you know, due to just revving out. And so just sort of went in and end over in from dropped that point. It, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. yeah, dropped it down from there. Uh, yeah, you put a video of it on your Instagram. It was nasty. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nasty. Uh, but uh, pretty, you know, I guess 
fortunate, you know, that my, my leg took the brunt of the hit and kind of, and then they bucked me off on there, but I, you know, I didn't land any, in any odd spot after that. Uh-huh. So that was, that was fortunate, but we got up, tried to ride, you know, the rest of practice and then went out for the next practice. But I, I knew something was definitely wrong. It's just, you know, want to try to cover it out when you can. And yeah. So I got checked out later the next, the next, uh, Monday, that Monday and you know, sure enough, ACL and some meniscus damage as well as some, some of the MCL stuff. So, um, um yeah, but uh, got it all cleaned up, got it fixed. You had a good doc here here in Texas and uh, on the road to recovery. Did you do your knee last year too? What happened last year? Was it? Yeah, the- last year I did. I did the other knee. Oh um, damn! My, I think my yeah, I think my one knee was jealous of the other one. So, <laughs> so much attention last year, so I had to you know got yeah. there. Yeah, dude, that that's bummer. Uh, how how depressed were you when it happened right away? Are you all right or? I mean, I was okay. You know, these things happen. It comes with the territory, so to speak. So right. I think um, you got to make sure that you're as ready as you can be, you know, preseason to eliminate the chances for injury. Really, that's where you can, that's where you can, you know, limit the damage, mm-hmm. I would say. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it is a dangerous sport, of course. And, it's, uh, yeah. and it can it can jump up and bite anyone just about at any time. So, um, you know, I've got some plans for the off season and, and uh yeah, looking just forward to the future again. Yeah, what uh, what's the plan now? I was going to say to you, uh, so you're obviously healing up. Uh, did you get a cadaver or did you do the hamstring or what they do? I did patella tendon graft, and that's what I did on the last one, and it seems to be holding up nicely. Um, so we've had luck there, so I didn't want to change it up. And, um, you know, it's, it's generally a six-month deal, give or take a little. It takes yep. a while for that uh, that graft to really, you know, stick to the, to, stick to the bone. And so... Um, you got to take it easy. You want to make sure your rehab's done right, strengthening the legs. But as far as for me, you know, I'd like to do as much preseason racing as possible. You know, mm-hmm. I start getting people across down in Australia. You know, some racing in Canada, and some obviously European racing that I've been involved with in the past. And so, yeah, you know, anything I can get, uh, anything I can get into at this moment, I'm looking forward to it. So, right. just uh, don't have anything you know set in stone yet, but I'm definitely doing some talking and talking to some some promoters and uh, different racers. Um, how'd you feel the comeback was coming? Of course, you jumped in a Ty Lube Honda. We saw you come back last year after a long absence and uh, show some speed. This year, you came up with Ty Lube Honda. You had your season best result the week before you got injured. Um, overall, how'd you feel about coming back and, and the, the little the limited amount of races you got in? Yeah, you know, for the time we had, it was pretty good. Um, but at the same time, you just you just you want more. Like I said, it's all about that preseason um, preparation and. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we were, we were catching our stride sort of, you know, halfway through the season, Supercross-wise. You know, we'd had some moments. We'd had some issues um, where I didn't wasn't able to finish some motos. Um, you know, had some preseason delays. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's tough coming to getting with a new team, you know, a little later in the game. And, of course, on top of that, you're, I'm coming off of an injury. So those those two things alone make it pretty tough. Time can smoothen out a lot if you have it. Mm-hmm. Um but when you have those two combined or a little bit behind and you're coming back from an injury, it's just not a good combo. So pretty good. Definitely behind the eight ball at round one. Felt like we recovered well at round two and was able to run top ten and had some, some bright spots, you could say, but, you know, not what I wanted. And and um, and so there's definitely room to room to improve and, and a lot of gains to be made, I feel. What would you think of the bike? Uh, riding a Honda uh, for the first time in a while, what would you think? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Honda's definitely improved um, since I rode it last. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, the last bike that they had, they had five, six years to really get it right and to, and to, to you know, modify it each year and, and do a lot of development and testing on it. So those bikes get really good towards the end of their life cycle. 
Um, this one's still a little bit new, second year for the lights, class, if I'm not mistaken. And so, it's, fortunately, it's got a great chassis. Uh, I do feel like the, the, the bike is very nimble, mm-hmm. handles well, corners well, uh, very easy to ride. Um, just got to make sure everything else is, is locked into place and, you know, got my starts down. That was a bit of a struggle this year. Um, so I think, yeah, each year with this bike, it'll get a little bit better. And um, that's good. I yep. mean, Tyler got a good program. They have a good team. They have all the, the potential, in my opinion. It's just about, you know, getting a jump on the season and, and making sure you've got that preseason testing, which is, you know, yeah. tough. They're not yeah. California full. But um, definitely some good there. Definitely a lot of good. Right. Uh, did anything um... – Anything catch you by surprise uh, out there? I mean, look, you're a veteran. You've won races before and everything else. But uh, anything catch you by surprise in the early, in, in the early East rounds? I wouldn't say necessarily, but by surprise, there were a few few areas, a few sections. Um, the whoops are, you know, we've always had big whoops off and on, but I think now they're more consistently big, and that even will play into bike setup. Mm-hmm. So preseason going into next year, I would say, okay, this is something we need to address and, and sort of anticipate because – we saw it so much this year, and they can only do so much with uh, pre- like the, the track maintenance before the main event. Uh-huh. And so pretty consistently, they're, they're pretty brutal, the sections are, unless the dirt really breaks down and they, they fill in. Um, I would say that was the biggest track change I had noticed as far okay. as things catching me off guard. Not necessarily. Obviously, there was a lot of fast guys. The East Coast was pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it had a lot of competition pretty deep into the field. But, um, yeah, the uh, Triple Crown events are a bit new for me as well. So I'm just sort of learning a couple of the changes that they've made in recent years. Yeah, what do you think of those things? Uh, not much time between them, huh? Not much time between them. And obviously, you know, the better shape you're in, the better off I think you can be for those rounds. But I, I kind of like it because I grew up racing a lot, uh, you know, in a row. You yep. know, race five, six classes a day. And, you know, you're riding uh, 10, 12 times a day. Mm-hmm. You get used to you know, riding quite a bit. And of course, that's been a long time, you know, a long time ago that I did was doing that, but it still has kind of that amateur racing feel, which I like. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, it definitely goes back to those days for sure. Sprint races as well. They're short races, right? It's just like the old uh, Fort Worth Arena Cross or whatever. That's right. Um, so, all right, so yeah, you're on the men, you're healing up. Um, you came back to racing last year. Over and you've been hurt twice, so it hasn't gone ideally. You've had some good rides and some good races. Any uh, any regrets about coming back out of retirement for so long, Blake? No, no. There's always things you could do a little bit different at this point. I just I just figured that you know the comeback is sort of like the final Harry Potter Harry Potter film. You know, so good you need two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so good you need two of them. No, um, definitely not preferred. Um, you know, you want to do it in one smooth transition, one smooth motion. But, you know, I told myself I was going to give it a shot and give it mm-hmm. a chance and put a, a good season in, and I haven't yet to be able to do that. So, yeah. hey, I'm still here, and I'm still, you know, healthy enough to, yep. to do it and give it a shot. I still feel like we had the bright spots this year, so we're not looking to throw in the towel anytime soon. So, yep. um, yeah. Um, but, did, uh, did the team tell you, hey, we're interested in you for next year? I mean, it's early for teams like Ty Loop Honda. It's definitely early, you know. Nobody knows if, what their program is and and how much they're able to to spend to go racing. But uh, is everything good there? And and they've they've said they'll you know they'll look at you next year or they want you to come back. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely been talking. I'm actually going to the races this weekend. Oh, are you? Oh, cool. Do, yeah, I try to do as much of that as possible, um, even though we're not racing. But uh, Nashville is obviously a cool town, so I get to see some friends and talk moto and music. But uh, yeah, as far as the Tyler guys goes, they're definitely wanting to do this. And like you said. Um, 
this is where a lot of the teams will sort of salt, they'll sort of fall behind compared to the factory teams. Yeah, the factory teams have their money in place, so to speak. They have their their infrastructure in place, so they can talk with the riders a little sooner and snatch mm-hmm. up the talent. Um, and this is where teams like Tyler, maybe in the past, haven't really you know been quite there. But uh, yep. talking with them now, they know that that's something they need to work on. And we've got a lot of ideas going forward. You know, we use it as a, year, a learning year. You know, a lot of a lot of the season was really just going to be a learning year because it's a, it's a new organization to me. Yep. And um, they're learning and adapting and changing as well. And so, um, but definitely talking to them and, you know, I think they, they have that idea, some ideas in their head going forward. Right, right. Oh, that's cool. Uh, interesting to see. And, and, yeah, if you hit some off-season races, you can work on that prep a little bit, right? You can kind of know what you're doing and, and be, be better off for 2020. Yeah, now that my knees are all brand new and yeah. got that new car smell, I, I should be good to go for a while. <laughs> new car smell, I like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I look at Adam Cincerillo had uh, shoulder issues and eventually had to get them both worked on it, and now he never has a problem, never thinks about it, you know, never never has to worry about it. You're Hopefully it's the sure. same way for you, right? That's right, yeah. Eventually you've got to get this stuff worked on, um, whether it's now or whether it's, you know, when you're 30 or 40, but, um, you know, because we do a lot of racing. We do a lot of racing before we even turn pro, so a lot of these injuries, I feel, are, are not necessarily new. Sure, I tore my ACL, um, you know, in Atlanta this year, but you got to imagine that those uh, ligaments had somewhere and tear on them oh, from yeah. years past. Yeah, and for so, sure. So, you know, it's not really a surprise to me when, when guys get hurt, get mm-hmm. injured, because a lot of it's just repetition. Right. Uh, on the east, we got Forkner. On the west, we got Ferrandis and AC. Uh, you've been in those positions. You've been those guys. Uh, you know, you've been championship guy. And people talked about you, you know, as race winner and everything else. Um, what's your take on each of the series? Let's let's go there first. What's your take on this Forkner kid really coming into his own? Yeah, I think we've seen some interesting stuff this year with Forkner, Fernandez. Of course, AC's been around a while and it's been expected to win. I've been watching as much as possible because I enjoy watching it, you know. And of course, there's a lot you can learn. But um, you know, the, the, the shootout was was pretty interesting. Obviously, guys are going to be a little bit more. Uh, reserved on, on that first shootout because mm-hmm. there's a lot riding on the line. They have team orders and, and things like that. But uh, I think the final shootout will definitely see more, more. Uh, I wouldn't say aggressive riding, but more yeah. more fight in the guys. That's assuming that the championships are wrapped up by the time they, before Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ferranis has definitely been fast, and everyone's sort of known he's been fast for a couple of years, but it took him a while to, to find that stride or find that consistency. And, now he's made it two in a row, so I think he's going to be pretty tough to beat for the last couple of rounds as well. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Forkner's, you know, he's he's been fast and he's he's had speed, and I think this is what people sort of expected. Yeah. Of him, even maybe a little sooner, but you know, it takes time to to find all the pieces of the puzzle just because you're fast or just because you have that flash at the beginning. You know, it doesn't mean that you're going to go in and dominate right away, but he's mm-hmm. certainly found his groove and he's uh, you know been pretty unstoppable this year. So yeah. Um, yeah. And you've been there as a racer, too, where things are just rolling, huh? Yeah, things can roll and things can be going your way. And I think you've seen that even more so in the 450 class with, with Webb and uh-huh. some of the guys that he's been racing. It seems like adversity has struck everyone in some sort of fashion. But, yep. you know, Webb has kept it solid. And that's coming. that comes from, obviously, managing championships, being a veteran in his own right. But also, you know, sometimes things just go your way. Yep. And uh, last year we saw that with Jason, and this year it's it's changing, you know, a little each year. But mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's hard to figure out what what exactly it is. I mean, you can do your starts as good as possible. You can be the fastest guy. Sometimes it's just not, you know, coming your way. But 
Um, definitely excited racing, you know, exciting racing. And I'm actually looking forward to this weekend because uh, I'm not sure if they've ever had a Supercross in Nashville. Certainly I've never been to West. Yeah, I know. It'll be interesting. For me, hey, the, the doing the series for this long, I'm stoked to go anywhere new. You know what I mean? So Yeah, anywhere new. It's about time. We have some good amateur racing or a big, great, big amateur race in, you know, at Loretta Lynn's in, in Tennessee. So, And then, of course, Muddy Creek for the outdoors. Yep. I'm not sure if that'll be back this year, but... So the the state has a lot of interesting you know things to right. think offer and it's got some great dirt so I'm looking forward to it. Um, this past weekend I don't know if how much how close did you watch uh, Houston? Were you were you did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Okay, so we saw the Marv and Coop thing. And their teammates, obviously, you've been teammates with guys at Geico and Rockstar Suzuki and all of this over the years. I sure. saw nothing wrong with any of those things that those guys were doing to each other. Uh, Coop apologized after for his emotions and all of that. I, I, I mean, this is Supercross racing. What are you going to do? There's a 450 title at stake. But what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, as far as teammates goes, it was it was pretty clean. You know, it definitely you could see it mounting on both riders' ends, and uh, they were getting frustrated and. Getting a little bit aggressive, obviously, Webb has the points lead, but Muskin had the speed that night, so they both had things to kind of get frustrated with. And, yeah, they came together. Ultimately, it was pretty clean. I think we've seen much, much more aggressive riding, and it could have been, you know, they could have been slamming each other and taking each other to the dirt more with more aggression than, yeah. than they did. Um, you know, I don't see it stopping anytime soon because it is sort of the, you know, it is sort of the, they're on the home stretch, if you yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm sure I don't know what the points are between the guys, but they seem to be pretty pretty Se- locked in their seventeen. Yeah, seventeen right now for Webb ahead of Marv, and Marv's got a bit of a lead on 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 Eli, obviously. So yeah, I think they're they're relatively solidified at this moment, so they're able to duke it out. You know, especially come you know the second to last and last round. I mean, you got to take the gloves off. The KTM guys will take the gloves off at some point and say, "Hey, this is anyone's championship." And um, you know, I would have liked to see Musquin you know, maybe not make as many mistakes and mm-hmm. where he could have battled a little closer because I think he definitely had something to offer this last weekend. And obviously he won the third moto, but I think he was the guy speed-wise. So, yeah. um, and I think he might be, you know, the last couple rounds. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me. Uh, you know, I think I think Webb's lead, lead is big enough for him to, to ride this thing out and, and obviously take the win this weekend helped a lot. Sure. But I just... I'm like thinking, what, what is everybody getting mad about here? Like, this is supercross racing. You know, Webb hit him with his front tire a little bit, but that, that's all just normal stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, that is that is pretty normal. There's only so much space on a supercross track. It's a newsflash for everyone. There's not a lot of room out there. Um, and these bikes got how much horsepower? So even by default, you're going to have some stuff happening out there that's, that doesn't necessarily look good. And, of yep. course, temper slip, but... People want to talk about it because it's exciting, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're in the moment, you wouldn't want it to happen to yourself, and you know that's the thing. I can understand it from a racing perspective, but I mean, I've had time marks on the back of my my on my back, you know, yeah. and, you know, over by teammates. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a slow weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a sign of times we live in, I guess. Um, hey. Uh, the the other night, Papa Mech show. Every night after the Monday night show, we sign off with uh, one of your songs that, that we play on the way out. Um, how's that going? Any plans to pick that up again? Uh, certainly. Actually, we just cut a new song. And speaking of, you know, uh, Nashville, um, we cut a new song. We're going to be releasing at some point uh, sooner than later. We have okay. the plans to release it this year for Supercross, but me being injured, I'm not sure if we're going to release it or not. 
Um, we got some we got some good ideas for him, and actually we're going to go back and cut a new tune later this month. Mm, okay. The upside of being injured and recovering is you got a little more time for music. So we've definitely been doing it, and I've definitely been songwriting. So um, when we release it, I'll have to come on the show and uh, give you guys a sneak preview. Yeah, I, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be fantastic to do that. That'd yeah. be that'd be cool. So are you, are you just going to do a few singles, or do you have an album like you did before planned? Or? No, we're going to probably do... Uh, Maybe two or three, you know, not a necessarily an EP, but maybe two or three songs. Okay. Um, two or three new songs, and so you know something comparable to what we did last time. But uh, yep. this time, the genre is going to be aimed a little bit more towards the. Um, it's, I, I can't say yet. I don't want to give all the surprises away, right? But it's going to be. It's going to be good. You're going to be excited. If you like the music that you guys have used on the show, which I'm appreciative of that, I think you're going to like this and. Uh, so should the motocross community. So that's my goal anyways with it. Can we get a collab going with you and Justin Hill? What do you hey, think? you never know. He definitely is a rocker. and he's. Uh, we've been in contact in the past talking about you know music and yep. stuff like that. Um, what I'd definitely you... like to see we see some more of the moto guys, you know, yeah. team up and do some stuff. We, uh, we, we, did, we did a Racer X podcast sound check with you. Um, what are you listening to now? What, what, what are you digging? What are you into? Oh, same stuff. I like to try to mix it up a bit, but, you know, music is, uh, we yep. all seem to have a preference as to what we're listening to. Yep. Um, but uh, nothing new off the top of my head, but uh, more or less writing my own music. You know, I have been pretty busy with songwriting, and, mm-hmm. you know, just day in and day out with songwriting. And I got uh, got a little endorsement this year by Schechter Guitars. Oh, cool. Which was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, they hooked me up with a, with a nice guitar. and um, So just playing that and, and sort of getting you know, sharpening out my skills a little bit and getting a little better at the flamenco-style guitar playing. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. You're a pretty uh, eclectic guy. You've got a lot of interest, and it's always interesting to uh, to catch up with you. Uh, on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 84, it's Blake Wharton. Uh, PulpMX30 is the code to save at FXRRacing.com, as well as Pulp19 at Racetech.com. Also, uh, Maxis and Namira all on board with us, and Skosh. Uh, Blake, Skosh is uh, going to give every guest on this privateer show a little um, uh, pack of mu- of their products, of their music products. So I'm going to have to get your address, and uh, and Skosh is going to hook you up, man. So that's cool. Excellent. Excellent. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Pulp 25 at checkout to save 25% off your purchase at Skosh.com, Namira.com, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and, of course, the Maxis guys, um, MXST. So, uh, Blake... What's been the biggest, I guess, uh, biggest, toughest uh, thing about coming back? What's been the hardest adjustment? What's been tougher than you thought? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, There's been uh, definitely some unique challenges involved with it. Um, I'd say coming back at any point in time, if you've been away for a while or or after injury can be challenging. We've seen that with guys who are just off, you know, for six months. Mm Mm-hmm. And it can seem like a challenge coming back, you know, yeah. three, three and a half years is, is something else. And, um, you know, I, I'd say that you don't really realize how cardiovascular this game is and this sport is until you step in a, step away from it. Um, and the shape that these guys are in is pretty incredible. And, you know, from where I'm at now from to where I was when I started this comeback um, is, is a tremendous difference, a huge, huge difference in, Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you how difficult my first day was, you know, back on the program. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it, was yeah. it was brutal. And I think that's why, you know, uh, comebacks in general don't necessarily happen um, because it is 
so tedious and it is so challenging and it is so much harder once you've stepped, in a, stepped away from it because, you know, you're no longer living in that, in that, I don't know, that athlete's mind or mm-hmm. that continuous, you're in continuous shape. I don't think these guys realize how good of shape, in how good of shape they are until you're not in shape anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I know speaking, you know, you're a man who's in incredible shape. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you absolutely. Might, you Thank you. Know, Thank you. Yeah, you yes. might not know this feeling, but it's it's pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Blake. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's it's when you, well, you got to think about you did something to better yourself or to make yourself a better racer almost every single day from age what ten to age whatever 25 right yeah yeah now pretty much um and which is crazy to think about but yeah so then you stop doing it and you lose it all and and that and that's it so um well you know and you don't you don't necessarily lose it all but you do lose a lot and you sort of not start over but because there's so much of the base not the base but there's so much of the racing game that sticks with you as far as being a racer and having sheer speed but the rest of the stuff can melt away relatively quick mm-hmm. um yeah. Hey, you wrote a feature for RacerX uh, magazine. You've done a few of them now, and, and obviously you're multi-talented. We, we, you're a writer, musician, and you're a great racer as well. Uh, you wrote about Suzuki. We each took an OEM. I had Honda, and Wygan had uh, Kawasaki, I think. Uh, what did you learn about the Suzuki guys? How did you like that feature? I definitely like doing it because I have some history with Suzuki, obviously, from mm-hmm. the pro days you know, not too long ago, 2012, 2013, but as well as in the amateur racing scene with Colgrass and the guys there and and I of course know Dean Dickerson quite well and mm-hmm. I've gotten to know those guys over the years so it was an interesting story something that I've wanted to do actually for a while me and Davey had talked about it um just the op- right opportunity hadn't arisen you know and so I think it was cool the fact that they did they shed some light on every every brand and so definitely some interesting facts and some interesting information on all of the all of the brands mm-hmm. but um you know, it's good to touch base also with some of the guys that I have known for a long time, but I haven't spoken to in a while. And that was Cole Grass, that was Dean Dickerson, and that was uh, oh, a lot of the guys at Suzuki over the years. And you know, if you know anything about the history of amateur racing, you know that Suzuki's played a pretty massive role in, yeah. in support and in, in developing riders. Not necessarily to the point of the pros, but getting them, you know, almost all of the way. And that's kind of been one of their shortcomings, I think. And you know, once uh, the economy crashed in 2008, whatever it was, it was pretty tough on them. And, you know, I don't think anyone's made a full recovery. You know, amateur racing isn't exactly what it used to be. In mm-hmm. some ways, it's it's more advanced. And, and, you know, you have more guys being signed out of the pros, uh, out of the amateurs at an earlier age. But in, in the other ways, the OEMs don't have quite as much money to play with. So it's changed a little bit. It's, it's it's um, interesting to look at. I was able to go to an amateur race not too long ago. I went to Minio's a year ago, and so I've tried to keep touch on it. And this one sort of helped me get back into get back into my roots. Do you feel like they are tr- well? They are trying to come back. They've got Larry Brooks working on a Suzuki team, and you know Chris Wheeler at Suzuki's trying to do things. Can they get yeah. it back? Can they get all the way back to to your day and Millsaps and Hepler and all those guys? Well, I don't know. I, that's. I'd like to think they could. I know they're going to make some progress, and they have made some progress. But until they start selling bikes again, yeah, like you know where they were, which was maybe a hundred thousand units a year, um, you know, it's going to be tough because there's only so much money you can allocate to the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're getting something back. And unfortunately, the truth is, most of the Japanese OEMs don't really make a whole lot of their revenue off of motorcycle sales. Yeah. 
oh, you know, we're getting into sort of the, the logistics of it all. But, yeah. you know, until more bikes can be sold, um, I'd say it's going to be tough to get Suzuki back to where they were, where they were really supporting guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, just the way it used to be was, was pretty incredible. Um, back in that era between, you know, maybe Millsaps and Tomac, I would say, which yeah. is like that prime time for amateur racing. They they even had Jeremy Martin, who was maybe their last of their great amateurs before things things went south. That's, that's, you know? that's true. Yeah, they so they've had a lot of good guys, but sometimes with Suzuki, they just they they didn't lose them right when they went pro, but they didn't necessarily have that infrastructure in place, and that's one of the things we talk about in the story. And, yeah, and um, you know you have to have that now because obviously things changed right about the time I was mm-hmm. coming up, and I was involved in sort of that transition where. Um, you know, you could be signed out of the amateurs into the pro ranks, which is pretty unprecedented at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, hey, Black, um, if we, f- if you were Blake Wharton of the amateur days nowadays, you'd probably have like a six-year deal, Blake. Yeah, I might even be signed to the end of my career. Yeah, which, <laughs> if that would be a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, good uh, thing or a bad thing. So, well, hey, you've you've done a great job of co-hosting the Pulp and X show with me. Um, you've written these stories for Racer X. Is I mean, you're still racing, you still want to race, but do you think media work could be in your future down the road? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy it, and, and media work in some way, shape, or form could be definitely possible. We're actually going to do another race X story here in May, so you guys keep your eyes out for that. Um, and yeah, who knows what little projects we'll find along the way, but uh, I definitely enjoy the journalism, the broadcasting, and, and uh, hosting the show with you guys, and just uh, being involved on that side, because there's a... There's a lot about this sport that people don't know, you know, and you gotta you gotta bring them the information, and the content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for doing this podcast. Race Tech and FXR Racing sponsor the Privateer Island Podcast. Namira, Skosh, and Maxis all on board with us. Uh, always an interesting guy to talk to. Always uh, someone to root for out there, Blake. I'm bummed you got hurt because it was. Uh, I really wanted to see how you could get doing, get going as you you know as the series progressed. So. Uh, but on the good news, you got surgery, you get fixed, you'll come back hopefully better than ever. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks a lot for the time on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, you're, you're going to the race this weekend. Steve? I am. I'll be in Nashville. Okay. We'll see you there. Maybe I'll sing you a song or two. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Blake. All right. See ya. See ya.